Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, drive a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. How are you doing this afternoon? I am good. Good. Not quite as great. I know you as Lynn Cahoon. Uh Uh-huh. You come to our local Smoking Guns Sisters in Crime meetings. Um, But is that the name that you write under as a pen name? It is. No, okay. that's, that's my real name, too. So. Okay, great. Uh, tell me about your writing uh, and your um, writing journey, how you got started and what you all you've been doing. Okay. Uh, I have notes. I made notes. Okay, that's great, because I have my notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess the big thing is that, that turned me into a writer. Um, I started writing when I was getting divorced and started taking classes in the MFA and trying to figure out if this was something I wanted to do because it was really expensive. And so I just um, kind of started thinking about what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know, and then I met my husband and started playing darts and (laughs) I stopped going to classes and, you know, um, just kind of put that dream away. And Mm -hmm. so fast forward to 2007 and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that gives you a lot of time to think about your choices and think about your life and where you want to be. So I worked on that, um, you know, dealt with the breast cancer stuff and I started writing, um, it was little things at first. It was essays. And I had always thought about writing. So I, I had all of these writer guidelines and all of these things. You know, when I started writing, I had all of this prep work done. So then I just actually sat down at the table and started writing. Okay. Um, right. That's my husband's phone going off. Sorry about that. <laughs> <That's okay>. um, <laughs> So you might hear dogs barking because my neighbor puts his dog outside and it's a little corgi and it goes, yep, 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 yep. You may hear a lawnmower. Uh, (laughs) There may be all sorts of background noises. We don't worry. We just keep going. (laughs) All righty. So then um, I wrote three different essays. I sold three different essays that year. And then I didn't sell anything for until 2010. Again, Uh so there was a five-year gap there. So I thought this was really easy, this writing thing. And then I realized it wasn't. Um, but I got better and I kept writing and I kept submitting. And I started writing some short stories, um, Men of Mentor. And in 2012, 2012 um, I sold my first book to a small um, digital first publisher, uh-huh. uh, Crimson Romance. And so I, I sold a cowboy book that year. I sold a warlock book that year and I sold a um, sweet rom- or a hot romance that year. So it was all about the romances and it was all mm-hmm. over the page because I, I didn't know a 
um, a brand or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the next year I actually sold a um, three book cozy mystery series to wow. a publisher that I had been working with um, on a, a regional contest that I had headed up for um, my RWA chapter. Mm -hmm. And she bought three books. We fast released them. And that first book hit um, the New York Times at the time had an ebook listing. And yeah. it, it I hit, that. yeah, it hit the New York Times ebook listing in the top 10. And we were gold from there, you know. <laughs> That's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, so Tourist Trap has been released since 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just finishing up number 15 on in the in the series. Okay. Um, I had a um, the next year they put me in print. Um, so instead, Tourist Trap came out. It was considered digital first. Mm -hmm. So it had a print component, but it wasn't like you could go to Barnes and Noble and pick it up. Right. It was POD, mm -hmm. um, a lot like the uh, uh, self-publishers do now, the, the POD yeah. and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but we, we took it from there and we, um, actually did a, um, print first, which was the Cat Latimer series. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, Tourist Trap is set in California, um, uh, on a little tourist town in California. Um, Cat Latimer is set in snowy Colorado, you know, just south of Denver. And she's a writer, she's a paranormal writer and she runs a writer's retreat. Mm -hmm. So her right. her her hit her her hook um so every every book is a new group of writers so she does this writers retreat once a month and she got the house that she lost in a divorce when her ex-husband died mm -hmm. um, so that one went through six books and then I took it back um and I'm self-publishing forward um just yeah. published number eight on that one um and then they I had a farm to fork series. That's a complete series. It went through six books and three novellas. And then the publisher felt like it wasn't uh, selling as much as they'd like. So we can, we closed that one out. Um, I have a new, I have two new series. I have one that's print first, which is the kitchen, Witch series. Mm -hmm. And then also I have um, one that is digital first again and that's the um, Survivors Book Club series. And that is just released in June. And it's all about a breast cancer survivor who leaves her job, moves, and buys a bookstore in, in Sedona. And so she, when in Sedona, she finds she decides that she's going to have this Survivors Book Club because that's really what got her through cancer, like it got me through cancer. Right. Yeah. And um she really, uh, she opens up this book club and then one of her uh, members disappears. And so they have to, they turn from a survivor's book club to a sleuther's book club. So that's the the twist on that story. So um, those are the so your first I series was set in California. Uh-huh. You have this series um, of the survivors set in Arizona. Arizona. And we have this other series set in uh, Colorado. Yep. And then I Where have was... two Go series. Ahead. I have two series set in Idaho. Idaho. Farm to Fork. That's um, the complete series. That's that's not having any more into it. And mm -hmm. then also I have the Kitchen Witch is set in Idaho, so in right. the South Valley area. 
I'm so do you do anything east of the Mississippi? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet. Now that I live east of the Mississippi. <laughs> oh, I, so you were living out west? I was, yeah. I was oh, born okay. raised in Boise or in Boise and Meridian. It's a little small uh little town kind of south of Meridian. So uh -huh. Um, I spent most of my years there, and then my husband moved me out to the St. Louis area, mm -hmm. um, and we lived there for 16 years, and just now we've moved into Tennessee, which that's why my office still has boxes and everything in it, because I just got my desk today. Uh <laughs> it's, it's really, really hard to move. Um, I, my sister has moved multiple times, and she has it down to a science, thank heavens, because when I had my major move from my hometown up here to East Tennessee, she was right in there helping me with everything. But it was months before I had every box emptied out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. We still have um, boxes in the garage now. We, we have moved from our first load. We came down and we put it in a storage unit right. that we found over in Seaverville. Mm -hmm. I want to say Severville, but it's Severville or it's Severville. Severville. That one. It's that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never say it right. But uh, we had we had a storage center there. And then we live over almost to the North Carolina border, mm -hmm. um, just out of Knock, um, Newport. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. We so when you come to the meetings, those. you have a major drive when you come to the meetings. Then, don't yes. you? Yeah, I haven't I haven't made one yet. Um, I'm hoping because the meetings are now switching over to Knoxville in October, which yes. I can't make October, so maybe January, um, yeah. that I'll be able to attend sooner. Right. So. Yeah, the Bearden meetings, which is where the Knoxville ones are, uh -huh. it's very easy to find. So that's that's good. That's um, good. Yeah. Um, now tell me about how you came up with all these five different series. Um, how did you develop the first one and the, the next one and, and those? The first one, I really, when, when I started this divorce thing um, back in the day, I went down to my sister's house and she lived mm -hmm. in Santa Maria, which is just south of uh, just north of Santa Barbara and south of San Francisco. Yeah. And so I just kept doing all of these day drives for a week because she was working, mm -hmm. obviously. And so I just went down for a week and just did day drives and then come back and dock in, in the evenings. Um, so I found this little town and I found this little house and I wanted to buy the house because I was approving my life. I was changing everything. Everything was going to change. Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite as brave as my um, person that I wrote about. So I had this picture of this house and I kept it forever. And I just loved this little house. And so Jill, my protagonist, who oh, she leaves a lawyer's job because she was in family law. And she leaves that job and she go, moves to this little town, this um, South Cove, and she becomes the bookstore slash coffee shop owner. So, and then of course someone dies and she has to, she, it's her best friend. It's an older lady who talked to her, talked her into this whole new adventure. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so when um, Miss Emily dies, she decides she needs to find out why she died because everybody's writing it off like it's a, um, she was just old, you know, mm -hmm. that, things happen when you're old. Um, so that's what, that was the start of the California one was because I love the area and I wanted that little house. And so if I'm not going to get it, my character's going to get it. <laughs> Isn't that interesting how we do that? We give things that we personally want to our main characters. Yep. 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 And, and give then, the things that we don't want to happen to our evil people. To the yeah, to the <laughs> villains or the dead people, the, the victims. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, and then Colorado, we were actually, my husband and I were on our way back to Idaho. Yes. We we're on our way. We we're either going to Vegas or Idaho. And it was, I, I believe it was Idaho. We we're on our way back and he drives everywhere. He doesn't fly. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to Idaho from St. Louis, it's a 20 hour trip, you know, so we have lots of time to talk and, and you get to see the scenery changing and you can yeah. see the scenery changing. So yeah. we were talking and I started talking about what I wanted to do with this next series and this next book and where should I set it and what should it be? And we were driving through Colorado and I've always loved Colorado. I've never lived uh -huh. there, but I've always wanted to. So it's like, she'll live in Colorado because that's <laughs> a different scenery. You know, you're yeah. going to have the snow, you're going to have the mountains. She's going to be a uh -huh. big hiker, which I want to be. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's how that one, that one came up. Um, the two Idaho ones, ones were set in Idaho because I love the area. Right. The Fort Fork was my, my little town that I grew up in or most of, most of my growing up time. Um, and it's called River Vista, but that's not the name of the town, but everything mm -hmm. else you could, if you knew this area, you'd know what town it was, or it used to be. Wow. Um, and then the Kitchen Witch, I actually started, um, it was one of my first books, first cozy mysteries that I started and it didn't sell. And so I just kept it, you know, in the drawer and it was set in um, the Sun Valley area of Idaho, which is where all the stars go, you know, so yes. they can have <laughs> houses and stuff and it's pretty and it snows and it's got the ski lifts. And I went there once as a um, senior in high school. And we had, I was a member of FHA, which future homemakers of America. Yes, I was an FHA. I was I was a district officer ran for state. I know ran for state didn't get it it was it was crazy but um we had state convention there one year uh -huh. and that year and I just fell in love with the little town because it almost looks Swedish or you know what you would imagine Switzerland would look look like uh -huh. beautiful and it's just magical so I set my cozy mystery there and it's a magical cozy mystery. So she's a kitchen witch. So she could, she goes around and she's learning her, her craft from her grandmother. So. How neat. How neat. Now, did you learn your, did you keep, have your grandmother growing up? And, um... I did not. And maybe that's why all of mine have either an aunt or a grandma or, you know, those type of things, because I didn't, my, my, my father's, my father died when I was 13 months and I was oh. a baby at five. Mm -hmm. so my mother had her hands full 
And then um, his mom and dad passed soon after he did. Oh, my. Um, so that side of the family, there wasn't a lot there. Mm -hmm. And then my mother's mom and dad lived in South Dakota because they were transplants from South Dakota to Idaho. They had brought their new family, their new life and everything to mm -hmm. Idaho to, start to, to do a dairy farm, actually. And yeah. um, I was born on the dairy farm, but I don't remember it at all because we moved to town. Then. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so was, South Dakota is a long way from Idaho. Yeah. 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 So we yeah. did we did some trips back there, but yeah, my grand, my grand, I remember my grandmother, they always, they had a Winnebago and they would, back then that was rich, you know, cause they had a Winnebago and um, they brought it out and every summer when she'd leave, um, she'd always say, this is probably the last time I'll ever see you. So come give grandma a hug. And I, like, oh, I know, but she wasn't too far off, but <laughs> But I, I didn't have that um, influence. And so my characters do because I want them to. I want them to have that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you're you're giving them things, the things from your life yeah. or things that you're missing. Yeah. From your life. Um, how do you go about your writing process when you come up with your original idea for a book or for a series? How do you go about developing that? And before you get uh, your first pen paper, so to speak. Um, and then how do you move from writing the story to the end of the story? Okay. Um, starting a story is a lot. I'm what you call a discovery writer or a pantser okay. writer. So I'm mm -hmm. not an outliner. I'm not one of those who has, you know, the Excel spreadsheet and everything listed out. Um, it really hits me from an idea. Uh, so like tourist trap was that house what how who would move into that house and why and wow. what's going on with that house and then the murder came and then you know all of those things um with farm to fork I wanted her to be a restaurant owner and so I started researching restaurants and farm to fork restaurants because that was really big at the time uh -huh. and I I'd go and I'd have fried green tomatoes everywhere because my second <laughs> book is um, Killer Green Tomatoes. Right. You know? And it just, I take, I, I really talk about writers being magpies because we take an idea and then we collect it and then we see something shiny over here and we grab that too. And then we see something over here and then all of a sudden you have this book or you have this book idea. And mm -hmm. it just from there... I do a really sketchy outline. Um, yeah. It's got 24 chapters on it because I know my cozy mysteries are 70,000 words. I write about 3,000 words a chapter. And this is stuff I know now that I didn't know then right. um, when I first started. But I set out about 24 chapters. I mark where 50% is. I mark where 25% is. I always have a dead body at... I always have the dead body by the end of chapter three. Right. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people have the dead body by the end of page three, but I think you need more, more into these people's lives to know why it's important to them that they solve this. So mm -hmm. 
um, with tourist trap is always like just coming home and sitting and talking to your friends. So, hey, Jill, what's going on? What's going on in your life? What's going on with Sadie? You know, because she was supposed to get married. Right. So it's all of these twists and turns of the community that are going on around her. And then that's like the backstory and the, the subplots and things that are important to develop the community right. or to develop the book or the characters, um, but aren't central to the murder. Or at the time, I don't think they're central to the murder. Sometimes right. you get in the middle of that and go, oh, there it is. It all connects. It all connects. And I the didn't brain is wired somehow so that it will connect it for you. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind and, of and I like how you um don't start immediately with the murders because I don't start immediately with murders. I want um the person to be known and to have a, a relationship investment into whoever is going to be murdered so that they're driven not by oh look what I can do I can solve a murder but they're driven by a higher need. I guess mm -hmm. you would call it to do yep. the solving. Yeah, yep. I like that. You know, yeah. and, and sometimes, um, especially Jill, she's my she's my nosy um, sleuther. She's the one that really wants to be involved in the sleuthing, and mm -hmm. her boyfriend, fiance keeps trying to pull her back from that. <laughs> but um, my other ones, it's just the sleuthing comes because they have to do it, not because that's right. who they want to be or that's what they want to be. With Jill, it's what she wants to be. Right. You know, mm -hmm. Around reading books and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. you know, she wants, she's nosy. She wants to find out things. <laughs> and, you know, that's who she is, but that's not who the rest of my characters are. You know, they're, right. they're very, um, leave me alone and I don't really want to <laughs> you know involved in a murder but you know since it was on my doorstep or in my um, bed and breakfast or one of my writing guests you know I'm gonna have to yeah do you do you find it difficult to since you have so many series um how many of your series are closed down and how many of them are currently going so only one's closed down one's closed down um so, so do you have yeah. go ahead I have four currently going, plus right. I just started another one. I know. <laughs> um, but this one. I got a handful. Five and a close. One, one's a complete series, which means my publisher killed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did give me one more book so I could tie up all the loose ends, which I thought right. was nice of them. Um, but this one that I just started, it was kind of a tie in with tourist trap but it had a I wrote a short story for an anthology from one of the sync chapters a couple years mm -hmm. ago and I fell in love with this character and so I thought okay I'll take that short story make it into four short stories because I bought four covers I wow. bought the covers before I even wrote the well I only have one of them written, so that tells you I've got four. <laughs> um, but I'm planning on it being a novella series. So right. four novellas, and it'll be a complete series that way, mm -hmm. and it should be done by the end of next year. Um, but it's being, it's a little bit of magic. It's a little, not magic, but 
she's psychic so she speaks she's a medium right. so she speaks to ghosts right so she's got that ghost you've got some ghost visitors talking to mm -hmm. her and telling her things and harry is the guy who is in lives in her um her antique store she just bought and mm -hmm. um her family owns the fortune telling um stories out of new orleans so or fortune telling stores so it's one family who was really romanian they came from mm -hmm. Romania and they came all of this and so her brother's running that empire and he's trying to make it more legal <laughs> and, and and more respected and so she's got the antique store and she's mm -hmm. going to be a design she wants to be a designer and but then she's got this ghost thing that her grandmother gave her water for and it's just fun to write I mean it's it's all first it's my second first person story so it's all first person it's all in Eddie's um viewpoint and mm -hmm. she really doesn't want this ghost thing she wants to be a designer and she wants to, you know, do pretty houses, which right. I do pretty houses too. So, so <laughs> the different the different niches that you have, like the kitchen witch or the, the one who wants to be the interior designer, that mm -hmm. helps you know which character you're writing. Does it help you put it yourself into their perspective, their it voice? Does. Yeah, it does. It really helps. The um the the, the the novella the, I call them the um they're the the medium series the, it's the haunted life series is what it's called mm -hmm. and all of them are a medium fade a medium homecoming a medium gift you know so it's all with the meat word medium in it right uh, mm -hmm. because I love that show but <laughs> but um with that series the um I I wrote the short story in third person and it was fine, but it was distant. And so when I started changing it over to the novella and adding words to it, I sat down one day and said, I've got to rewrite this first person. Mm -hmm. I had half of it done mm -hmm. and I just changed it all to first person and it just flowed. Right. It, it's just one of those stories that you sit down and you play with and it's fun to play with. And so that's why I'm writing it because it's fun for me and hopefully it's being um, well received. So I really enjoying that. So do you have, um, how do you, how do you maintain your productivity? Do you have a number of word counts that you want to get done or a scene per day or how do you manage that? Um, since I've moved very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the things that most of my books were written as I was also working full-time. Ah. So I was doing 10,000 words a week or aiming for 10,000 words a week. So eight weeks for, you know, a 70,000 word project. So I've always been, I need to hit this word count. Right. Um, when I worked, sometimes it was, I'd get up in the morning and I'd write and then I'd write at break and I'd write it in lunchtime and then I'd write I mean I wrote all the freaking time if I wasn't working or I wasn't um sleeping I was mm -hmm. used to writing I didn't watch tv I did nothing because the writing came first right. um, 
since I've retired in March or retired to writing full time, I'll say uh-huh. not really retired because it's, no, so- no, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> but since I retired, it's been, I make sure I have a, a daily word count. So uh-huh. I have a weekly count that I, I want to hit. So right now I'm, I just finished tourist trap 15 this morning before we talked right. um, and it's late, which I hate being late, but <laughs> moved and whatever, all these things. So um, it's late. And so I pushed that one up to 15,000 words a week, which uh-huh. that 3000 words a day, five days a week. And you get two days off. Well, I never right. get two days off because well, I kind of do, but they're always Tuesday and Wednesday <laughs> instead of Saturday, Sunday, you know, because yeah. I, I'll get fired and I won't want to work. So, yeah, I've always worked for a word from from a word count. I think early in my career, I um, listened to Bob Meyer, who's a right. He writes military, stuff. military stuff. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah. And he did that one um, romance with Jen Tolley. And yes. so, you know, he's he's really smart. He's really a smart writer as far as productivity. So uh-huh. he, came to our, he came to our RWA meeting and um, did a thing on his, it's the warrior writer, it's the book. And I just ate it up. And it was just uh-huh. like, boom, boom, boom. It, it hit my project management style. Uh-huh. And always helped me think of things that way you know I I know what I'm writing this month I know what I'm writing through March of next year right now mm-hmm. so each week what I'm going to write and it's I'm I'll have three three or four maybe five it might be five projects completed by then mm-hmm. um and to me, that's what they are. They're projects. I mean, I love the writing. I love the books. I believe in the books. They're good books, but it's a project. And so it's like, okay, I'm here. This is when it's due. How do I get there? Um, and usually I'm better at not missing deadlines, but I moved and moving. Well, a bit and that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> that changes everything. It was so hard for me to to get settled into my new space. I loved my new space. I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get settled into it. Do you ever find yourself, this is my problem. I I hit a hard part of the story. I will sit down to write. And the next thing I know I'm up doing something else. Um, Do you ever have that difficulty and how do you overcome it? Um, It depends why I'm doing it. Ah. So if I'm just tired, I'll, put it off and I'll do it tomorrow. So I'm really a morning rider. Um, so if, if we have to go into town, which is 30 minutes away and we have to do this, and we have to do that. And, you know, by the time we get home, it's three, three 30, I can write, but I have osteoarthritis. And so sometimes I'm just, I'm just too tired. And so days like that, I just say, see ya you know, and I do something else. Um, and then if I wake up early or whatever, or can't sleep, I get into the writing. Um, if it's because the book isn't going where I want it to go, or I don't know where it's going, because you can hit there. And especially if it's writing slow, 
Um, I'll go back to the beginning and edit through because that gives me my lines and where my lines are. Mm -hmm. um, a, other thing I have done is gone through and say, what's, what are the red herrings? What are the red herrings you've always already set up? What are the clues she's found? And if right. there's no red herrings and there's no clues, you know what's going on with your writing because you haven't built those foundations. You're not hitting your markers to make it yeah. a mystery. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. then you have to go, then I have to go back in and, and figure uh -huh. out where I want to put things. Um, I was writing a romance romance slash mystery novella before Taurus Trap. And I got done with it and went, this is romantic suspense. This isn't mystery. This is romantic suspense. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I read through it. I found my markers. I went through and I, I moved some and, and made sure that I had clue, 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 red hair, mm -hmm. you know, so it was all set up. Um, but sometimes you have to get the words out and get the story out before you know what's missing. That Do you ever get, um, I get tired sometimes because I write, I write historical fantasy, uh, um, write uh, historical mysteries. Um, I write in two different eras for my historical mysteries. Um, I write a totally different type of historical, I write two different types of historical fantasies. Do you ever find yourself genre hopping from one oh. task? Oh, I mean, I mean, that's that's the way I started. I was mm -hmm. the girl who could never say no to a um, call out, you know. Oh, mm -hmm. they want this. Okay, I'll write something and I'll send it here. Oh, they want that. I'll write something and send it there. You know, mm -hmm. so that's why I had, you know, a cowboy book and I had a, you know, mm -hmm. the witchcraft book and I had a, you know, all of these things. So I kind of know what my niche is, though, now that I've been doing this 10 years, 10 ish years, a little few, a little bit mm -hmm. more than that. Um, I'm not a hot writer. I don't like sex scenes. You know, uh -huh. I'm kind of like Nora Roberts. It's like tab A type, you know, slot B and it's all the same to me. So, uh -huh. and that's the part of the book that I skip over when I'm when reading. You're reading. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, this, this is not, this is not a good place for me to, you know, to put my money in as for my time uh -huh. to write. Um, uh -huh. I always said I could never write historical because I didn't want to do the research mm -hmm. so I laughed at me and sent me a project that I couldn't turn down that <laughs> was um the one that I just said was a rom uh, romantic suspense um it was a historical set in and well it was set in 1950 so it wasn't mm -hmm. truly historical but there was some I had to do some research on it you know mm -hmm. much more about the um lumber business in 1950 and I know a lot about the. Sorry, um, did you say that again? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I. My watch is taken off. Um, <laughs> I know a lot about the lumber business, and I know a lot about the uh, post office in 1950, which was fairly modern. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the post office today, especially maybe our smaller ones here in Tennessee, and the post office you know, in 1947, because I watched this whole video documentary on it. Mm -hmm. um, they were surprisingly the same, <laughs> except we don't get mail twice a day and they used to, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, 
And I think to myself, when I when it was much younger and the technology was not so good, we would mail something and we would get there the next day, the very next day. And now I might mail something to Knoxville and it takes it five days. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I'm in Maribel. I mean, yeah. I, could, I could have driven it over there and it would have gotten here faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to my timer, our time is starting to wind down very rapidly. Um, what do you think is your best tool that helps you? I've had people talk about uh, having a whiteboard. I've had people talk about um, spreadsheets. Somebody talked about their ergonomic desk, which I'm envious of. Uh, what do you think is your best tool? Um, I'm thinking it's paper. <laughs> I mean, I really like, I don't write in paper. I mean, mm -hmm. when I sit down to write the story, it goes from brain to fingers to keyboard. Right. Doesn't this longhand thing wouldn't work. But when I'm planning and I'm plotting and I'm trying to figure out what the story is, that mm -hmm. notebook with the paper is my best friend. You know, right. I have tried a whole bunch of different things. I mean, I've looked into Shriver, Scriver with the little Scrivener. Scrivener, yeah. 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 And it's just like why would I do all that work when I could just sit down and write the story? You right. know, that's some, somebody said that they had a, a 27 page outline. One of my friends said, finally finished this 27 page outline. I thought, why? Actually, I said it. I was on Facebook and I said, oh, my God, why? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> and it's like they've lost all curiosity in the story. Yeah. And I have to have that. Yeah, because if you know what's happening, why would you even write it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I put myself into writer's block for like three months straight because I blocked out every scene. Um, and I got in the soggy middle, of course, and couldn't go any further, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen. Writing one sentence after another was so boring. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until... I had a minor character start talking to me and realized he needed to be a voice in the story. And then I finished the whole thing, uh, which I had planned to be 90,000 words. And it wound up being like 110,000 words because I stuck him in there. Um, but it was, it became an exciting story again. I just trashed all my blocking, scene blocking and all sorts of things like that. So I haven't really outlined since then. Yeah. I know my story. I know where I want it to go. How I want it to get there, um, but I don't really know much more than that um, having to do with the plot. I know my characters very well, though. I think that's important before you start. I think you're right. I think it is. Yeah. If you were going to give advice to somebody who's brand new starting to write and I've got their first book in front of them and they're working through it, what would you tell them? I'd tell them to write two more books. <laughs> because I think I think they get I think new writers get so stuck in making that first book perfect mm -hmm. to you know oh I'm gonna throw in everything I'm gonna throw in the bath you know the tub and the you know the monkey and all of that I think writing the book and figuring out who you are and then setting it aside and writing another book and if you're going series you're going to be so much farther ahead than anyone else if you write three books in your series because right. you can just say, I have three books and your publisher's going to say, thank you, you know? <laughs> but um, I think that writing that that first book and then 
figuring out who you are. Um, I jumped all over the place and it didn't do me any good. And it's, it didn't do, well, it depends on what you want as a writer. If you want to be a professional writer and be paid for your stories, it's not going to do you any good to have a cowboy and a witchcraft in a, you know, small town. You need okay. to figure out who you are and what you want to write. Okay. Um, I think we are out of time. Okay. Uh, so I want to thank you so much. Um, Thanks for listening to The Rock Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.